my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Tanner fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lambda, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. <laughs> well, today for December, I am covering two episodes this month. I was originally going to do the Cousins double feature, but I'm like, eh, I don't. I mean, I want to end 2021 on a high note. So I'm like, I've been toying around with this double feature for quite some time, and I couldn't think, like, where do I want to put this in? So the double feature I'm going to do is titled, We're Moving? Moving in! Yeah, the two episodes I'm going to be covering for this double feature the season seven finale, episode 24, entitled A House Divided. In this episode, a rich man who used to live in the Tanner home makes Danny a handsome offer to buy it back. The rest of the family's excited about moving on to new and bigger places, but Michelle tries to stop the sale so the family won't split up. This honestly feels like the series finale to Step by Step. When that was on Hulu, I had checked that out. So, let me go back to Full House. This episode aired... I apologize. Uh, I'm all thumbs. This episode aired May 17th, 1994. Now, at the time, they didn't know at Full House, they did not know if the show was going to get renewed for an eighth season. So they wanted to go out on a high note. And this would have been the series finale had it not been renewed for an eighth season. This episode's got a 6.5 out of 10, based on 199 ratings. We have Keen Curtis playing Lou Bond, who sadly passed away in 2002. Trying to see if he's done anything that I would even remember. Let's see. He was in an episode of Touched by an Angel. Okay, well, good for him. And... Other than that, I'm not, you know, he's got a, his name attached to a handful of shows and movies over the years. So, we also have Teddy and Denise showing up. Yeah, well, you know, Michelle ain't going to come up with this plan to stop the house from being sold by herself. Come on now. This episode was directed by Joel Zwick. Jeff Franklin... Is, uh, has got a writing credit here for this episode. We got Tom Burkhard. We got Adam I. Lapidus. We have Carolyn 
I'm butchering names looking right here. Um, Omni, O-M-I-N-E. We have Dennis Rinsler, who I, uh, Mark Warren, other names that I've seen pop up in past episodes as writer credits. All right, we got trivia. The title comes from the Gospel of Mark and was used by Abraham Lincoln describing a country that is half free and half slave. A house divided against itself cannot stand. I have heard of that. I have heard of that quote. I didn't know that it came from the Bible. Last appearance of Denise. Really? Re oh, okay. Well, that's right, because in season eight, they got, uh, they got, um, Lisa, redheaded Lisa, I guess, subbing in for her. Because, yeah, season eight's got that Valentine's episode with Michelle, Teddy, Lisa, and Derek, Aaron, and a girl named Sophia that we'll never, ever see again. <laughs> Steve appeared in this episode when it originally aired, but his scene was cut in syndication. What? What? Are you serious? Serious? And like I said, I have not watched this episode in a very long time. So I'm hoping this is like the full cut episode that we get to see Steve. Because I want to see that scene. I want to see Steve in this episode. I, I don't know why. And I've seen these episodes hundreds of times over the years. Why would I not remember that Steve was in it or if he was? We got some goofs. Danny says to the guy who wants to buy the house, there has never been, nor will there ever be, bugs, varmints, or pests of any kind in this house. In season one, when Jesse was a pest control specialist, he found a ferret in the basement slash garage. Danny had no idea about that. Eh, would you call a ferret a pest or a varmint? I don't know. How is that a goof, though? That... that Honestly, whoever's editing this these IMDb pages for these shows for Full House, you need to check yourself on what is actually a goof. This is just an observation, and observation isn't a goof. Ay ay ay. All right. Let's see. Do we have any user reviews? Let's see. We do by Taylor Kingston. Six out of ten. The one with the offer. This is from April ninth or April twenty-ninth, twenty sixteen. I don't mind the episode. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. It's basically fifty-fifty-eight on my opinions for this episode. In this episode, a wealthy man shows up at the tanner's door and tells Danny that he used to live in the house. He makes Danny a very enticing offer to buy it back which he thinks he's going to take. Everyone is looking forward to moving on from the house to bigger and better things, but Michelle doesn't want to leave and tries to stop the sale. So the family won't split up. In my opinion, everyone staying just for Michelle was a bad idea. She's a child, and everyone else agreed to move. She shouldn't get to decide what the family wants. Best part of the episode, nothing in particular. Worst part of the episode, Michelle. Overall, I give this episode a 6 out of 10, which in my ratings book is good. Yeah, I want to go back to that step-by-step. Um, -step. I think that must have been the series finale. 
Step by Step, of course, came out in 1991. This would have been four years after Full House started. And it was kind of a 90s version of the Brady Bunch. You know, three boys, three girls, all living in a house together. And, of course, something weird happens where I was watching, I think I was watching this this episode, this particular episode. It's called Moving On Up. This is from June 26th, 1998. So I believe this would have been at least, what, four years after that Full House episode? This Wow, they went all the way into June. Whew. All right. Frank's good work results in him being offered an expensive house at cost. Everybody is happy about the move except Lily. Yes, they have another kid. And in doing so, because I was watching the episode with Jeremy, he's like, didn't, wasn't there another boy on this show? And I'm like, yeah, that's right. It was, it was Brendan, wasn't it? Because there's J, Frank had two boys and a girl. He had JT, he had his daughter Al, and his son Brendan. So what happened uh, unless it's a, they're pulling a ground for life where the youngest kid, the parents feel, you know, the uh, parents of the child actor feel like, oh, it's not worth it, we're going to move. And then in the final season of Ground for Life, season five, is like, Henry's name gets mentioned, but you never see him. They're all like, oh, well, he's somewhere around here. Because even at the end of Ground for Life, the Finnerties end up having uh, another baby. They have a girl. <laughs> I definitely, I think I want to cover that one Christmas episode of Grounded for Life. <laughs> but anyway, this is the same exact setup for that A House Divided episode. Frank Suit, you have to see. Everyone reacts. Everyone's happy about the move except Lily, who reacts by getting into trouble at school when Frank and Carol see how the new owners are going to change their old house. They change their mind and do their best to stop them from buying the house. So, not only... What does it matter what they're going to do to the house after you're gone? You've gotten your other house. Why do you care? I mean, my good grief. I mean, I don't know what they did to our house that was bought last... You know, last fall, if they even did anything. I mean, I drove by it, and from the outside, I don't know if they did anything to it. So, oh no, they have vegetables in their backyard, which that's more than we ever did with it. Um, they finally got those cracks and those steps on the front porch uh, cement, um, cemented and filled. So, good for them. I don't think we were ever going to do that when we lived there the 10 years, 11 years that we lived in the house. We're just like, here, let's just move a pot, a flower pot, whatever. So, yeah. I want to see if there's any reviews where people say, hey, this was also something that happened on Full House. Josh Byrne, was he the one that played Brendan? Last acting roles to date for Brandon Call and Christopher Castile, as well as Josh Byrne. Was he... The title is taken from the theme song for The Jefferson... Really? 
No, I did not know that. Okay, let's see. Are there any user reviews? I guess not. Huh, I thought there would have been. Oh, well. Wait, is that kid in the final episode? Let me see here. We got Brandon Call. Oh, his name was John Thomas? I never knew. JT? Okay. Let's see. Uh, Christopher Castile, who you would know from Beethoven and Beethoven's second. He played Ted. Uh, Jason Marsden. Okay, cool, cool. Emily Mae Young. She was a Welch's Juice girl. She had the creepiest smile. She had a very scary smile. <laughs> I just remember her and in those Welch's Juice commercials, and I turn on Step by Step, I'm like, the Welch's Juice girl is on Step by Step? What? No way. Yeah, I don't see any. Okay, so let's move on from that series finale of Step by Step. So it's like they took Full House's almost series finale and ran with it, and like, we're going to make this our series finale. This is going to be the focal point of our series finale. It always seems like in the final episodes of some shows, it's always about the family moving, especially if a show's lasted like seven to eight years. Fresh Prince, they all move out of, the out of the house. Growing Pains, they all move out of the house and move to Washington. Well, Maggie and Jason and Ben and Chrissy, they move to Washington. I don't know what Mike and Carol end up doing. Because Ben's still in high school and Chrissy is a kindergartner, I guess. I don't know. How much you want to bet there are more shows out there that added another child along sometime in the run of the, of the show's run than there are series finales about the family moving out of state or moving to another home or something. I bet there are more shows out there that added another child, be it biologically or through adoption, then there are episode shows ending their show with the whole family moving. So, all right, as I like to do, I like to read the DVD case, see if it's a win or a loss as far as the synopsis is considered. Let's see. Danny gets an offer on the house at twice its value. Is it time for the household to split up and move on? Okay, I want to I wanna say this because this has been rooting around in my mind for a hot minute. So, did the family wait until Michelle graduated high school and moved on to college or whatever she did with her life before they're like, okay, well, Michelle's out of the house now, so we can all, like, go our separate ways. And by then she's like, yeah, that's fine. Okay, that's fine. I mean, I'm not living there anyway, so you guys can all do what you want to do. <sighs> I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Because it just seems like when Fuller House starts, that, you know, DJ's kind of filling this in, like, you know, Dad and also Becky and Jesse, they're all in L.A. now. Joey's in Vegas and all that fun stuff. Michelle's traipsing around Europe or the world or New York or whatever she's doing with her life. I don't know. So, yeah, that is going to be the first episode of this double feature, which will 
go up December 10th. And then I will be covering Season 1, Episode 2 of Fuller House entitled Moving Day. I almost was going to say that like moving on. Moving Day. There we go. February 26th, 2016. In this episode, when the big day comes for Stephanie and Kimmy to join the Fuller House, Jackson feels outnumbered and takes drastic action. Okay, seriously, drastic action? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll be doing that one, and that one will actually go up the tw- on the 24th. It'll be Christmas Eve. I'll be dropping that episode. And then, in January, I will be covering, I always cover Jesse-themed episodes in January. I It's just become a thing over... The years now, so I'm going to be covering a full series of episodes. So it's going to be four episodes entitled, it's Jesse and the Girls, that's the theme of the series. It's going to be fogged in to a Jesse and DJ episode. It's going to be three men and another baby. It's a Jesse and Michelle episode. And then the devil maybe do it, another Jesse and Michelle episode, and then ending it with Fogged In. F- not Fogged In. I'm sorry. What in the world? Why am I? It's going on noon. I should be more, you know, up with it. <laughs> ending it with We Got the Beat. It's a Jesse and Stephanie episode. What's wrong with me? Oh my gosh. I can't even. I can't even. Also, Jody Sweden has a birthday coming up in January, in the middle of January. Also in December, the girl who plays Gia, Marla Sokoloff, has a birthday in December. So what I've decided to do, I'm going to be covering Is It True About Stephanie? Because it kind of merges Stephanie and Gia's, you know, it's kind of kicks off at the very end of the episode, the start of their, they decide to be friends instead of frenemies. So, yeah. So, when I said I'm going to do Stephanie's Wild Ride in honor of Jody Sweden's birthday, I'm going to actually, that's a serious episode, so that is going to be with my serious episodes, which... I'm thinking I'm either going to do those in March or April. I know that's like four to five months down the road. <laughs> but that's my goal for, for that. That's going to be, that's a serious episode. I remember reading about that in the TV guy and just being like, oh my gosh. Because I'm the same age as Jody Sweet she's like eight months older than I am. And I was, you know, I basically grew up with Stephanie. She's the one that I identified with because we're, you know, around the same age. And I just remember reading that headline and just thinking, I think it was like Stephanie flirts with danger or something. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, Stephanie. Like, my mind was just on auto drives. She's like thinking like, Oh my gosh, the possibilities. What have she already did the you know the smoking episode, so she's already done that. She's getting older. Is she gonna have a confrontation with a boy that just goes terribly wrong? But no, it's just you know, hanging out with older guys 
and who got a car, and she doesn't know these guys, and it's just bad, bad situation all around. You know what it reminds me of? If you have seen The Wonder Years, the OG Wonder Years, there's an episode in season four called The Accident, where Winnie Cooper is hanging out with high school guys, and there is an accident in that episode. She does wind up with a broken leg, and she's got, you know, cuts and scrapes and everything. So, and I don't want to spoil the end, but then for, you know, Full House, but then what am I saying? You're listening to this podcast because you most likely have seen all the episodes a bazillion times the same as me, right? So, yeah, I mean, all that we get of that is just Danny saying she's been in an she's been in an accident. She's gonna be, you know, she's got some bumps and some bruises, but she'll be all right. She'll be all right. She wasn't. We don't see Stephanie visiting her at home. We don't. We don't see any of that. So, yeah. But I'll go into more detail when I get into that episode in March or April. So look forward to that. Also, like I did last year with the breakup double feature, I do at some point next year want to cover the almost breakup double feature. With Jesse and Becky, they break up for a hot minute. And then, of course, Danny and Vicky in Designing Mothers, they kind of call it quits for a hot minute. So, yeah, that's the almost breakup double feature. I'll get to that sometime next year. So, yeah. All right. So, if you're new to the podcast, welcome, welcome. I want to let you know that this podcast is a family-friendly, safe, full house, fuller house podcast. I do not do F-bombs on this show. I do not go into sexual innuendos on this show. I just, I want to keep it so that way you all can enjoy your Full House memories and share in mine without the constant flinging of F-bombs and other other bad words. You know, and you, if you want you know, your kiddos to hear it too, you want to, you know, them to enjoy the podcast and share your memories and my memories. This podcast is for you. There are other Full House podcasts out there. Unfortunately, some of them are not meant for children's ears. They're more for un- 18 to 21 and overcrowd. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you just, you kind of pick what you like. And also, another way that this podcast is a little different is that I don't go episode by episode in order of air date. I, as you heard me talking, I like to do themes. I think it's fun. I also do episodes for cast members' birthdays that feature the character that they play because. I just, I like it. It's a way for me to honor them and the great work they've done on Full House or and also Fuller House. So, yeah. Now, sometimes I'll do a series of episodes, which usually to me is four episodes. A double feature usually is going to be two episodes. Sometimes the series, I'll, you know, the lowest I would go would be, of course, three. But I never really go more than four. I know when I first started the podcast, I actually, I think from June until August, 
I had covered, or was it June and July? I don't know. But I had covered the summer fun series that went all the way through the summer. And it was really, really cool. I had a lot of fun. And that's the thing about this podcast. I love the show. I love reliving the memories. I love recounting moments from my own childhood, whether, you know, memories of watching the show or how it's related to me and, and growing up and everything like that. So I always release episodes. The release day is always going to be a Friday, hence Full House Friday. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast and you want to show support for the podcast, I don't do Patreon. I don't ask for money. I only ask for a minute of your time. If you can go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, search Full House or Fuller House Podcast, the All My Lanta Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. Click on it, scroll to the bottom where it says leave a review and leave a review. You have fun with it, you know? Leave emojis. Other reviewers reviewers of the podcast have done that, and I, I just, I love it so much. It's so great. So, yeah, every five-star review the podcast gets helps podcasts get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. So, if you want to do that and get one more five-star review out there before the end of 2021, that would be major awesome sauce. So... If you're looking to follow along with the podcast so you know what series of episodes or what episodes I'm going to be covering, because I cover different ones each month, go follow the podcast Facebook page. Just type in Full House Podcast, Fuller House Podcast. The podcast page will search, will show up there in the search bar and just click like or follow that way you're up to date on what I'm going to be doing sometimes I will kind of change the order of things like I'll say oh, I'm going to do these ones but then I kind of like halfway through I'm like you know I'm second thought I'll save those I'll cover these instead so all right without further ado let's jump into a house divided all right let's check out this cold open here we got a, <laughs> and only this attic apartment would have room for a slide and monkey bar jungle gym kind of setup here. As Jesse's got the boys going down the slide, you're like, watch me, daddy. Watch me slide down the slide. I love how he is with the kids. It's so, and not just Jesse as a father, but John Stamos. I mean, he has been around kids since the show started, and just he loves these little guys. Like either Nikki or Alex, I can't tell which one comes off the slide, goes over to Jesse, and Jesse says, "Excellent job, high five, brother." All right, it's just so cute. I love, it's so funny. Jesse, what the other twin is like, high five, high five, brother. And of course, the other twin's like, brother, like, let me high five here. <laughs> so Becky, of course, is like, hey, Jess, uh, how come the outdoor place set isn't, well, I don't know, outdoors? Jesse's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me. Ask Danny. He's the one who banned us from the backyard. 
And Becky, it kind of clicks with her. Like, oh, that's right. He's reseeding the grass. And Jesse's like, honey, please. Don't don't say the word reseeding. Jesse's fixation on losing his hair is just, I mean, but then again, Jesse's hair is his biggest <laughs> priority in his life, aside from the wife and kids. Like, it starts with the hair, it ends with the hair. I mean, in Fuller House, he, he's still, after all this time, got great, great hair. And Becky says, you know, Jess, you know it's going to take three weeks for the grass to grow in. And Jesse says, I know, honey, but I promised I'd build this for them. And I don't break promises when it comes to my kids. Yeah, he says, when I make a promise to my children, I don't break it. Good for you, Jesse. <laughs> Jesse says, God knows I tried, though. Let me guess, they gave him the bottom lip. Yeah, that's probably what they did. And Becky is complaining, like, this is great. This is going to be like living in a playground for three weeks. Becky, those are your kids. If they don't have that thing to wear out their energy, they're going to be bouncing off the bed and the couch and whatever else is nailed down in that place. And Jesse's like, hey, don't blame me. Blame Danny. In fact, you know, that's an excellent idea. Excuse me. I'm going to go blame Danny. And then he goes to go downstairs and Becky says, Jess, we can't leave. And Jesse says, what, what, why? Waxing the hallway floor. You know there's a big, large carpet runner running down that hall, right? All you're doing, whatever visible wood that's on that floor that's not covered by the carpet, you can still walk down that that hallway. It's 98% carpet covered. Oh my goodness. So now they're kind of a... Prisoner in their own attic apartment. Well, hey, they got the bathroom. They don't gotta worry about, you know, if someone's gotta go. They don't have any food up there, though. But, them's a break, you know what I mean? If he had given them a heads up, like, hey, maybe don't be up in the attic when I decide to wax the stairs. Oh, and by the way, you can't go into the backyard either because I'm reseeding the grass. Yeah. Like, hey, if you're going to be up there and you're going to be stuck up there a while, go raid the fridge. Get some food. You know, the kids, those kids, that place that's going to get boring after a while. They're going to want something. There's, I don't even think there's a TV up there. Oh, Becky says they're going to be stuck in there for about an hour. Oy vey. So, yeah, Jesse's like, oh, great, I'm a prisoner in my own attic. So... Of course, Nikki, or Alex, one of them, says, Daddy, you slide. I don't know if he could, mm, that seems a little too small for your dad there, buddy. But Jesse makes it work. So, Jesse, son, Daddy's not really in the mood to slide. And, of course, the kid in the green striped shirt, like, gets a little pouty sad lip. But the one in the reddish-orange striped shirt he's making a face like he's trying not to smile but he's trying to like do it like make his actually put his hand to his lips trying to make his bottom lip stick out 
It's not that hard, kiddo. You don't gotta use your hands to do that, you know. And Jesse, like, there it is. There's the lip again. I'm a sucker for the lip. All right, all right. And he gets on the slide. It's like, okay, you can sit in my lap and you have to, you know, like, hang on to my back. And we slide, they slide down. And it's so cute. That was the, that was the cold open. It was adorable. I loved it. All right, boys. All done. Here. It's time to slide your little tushies off. Ready? <laughs> Go, buddy. this episode opens up which is weird because normally when it's opened up in the past it seems like episodes usually start off in the in the living room maybe bedroom maybe jesse's room but i don't think i've ever seen an episode that started in the hallway but dj's got her bathrobe on she's got a towel ready she needs to get ready for her date and she's already complained. I guess Joey's in the bathtub. She says, Joey, come on, you've been in there almost an hour. <laughs> and Joey yells back, almost an hour. I reserved the bathroom for exactly an hour. And I'm just kind of thinking about... <laughs> and with one full functioning bathroom with a bathtub... Even though I'm sure Jesse's, you know, bathroom upstairs in the attic probably does have a shower. But if that's the only... And, and, you know, Danny's bedroom's got, like, probably a half bath, which is just a sink and a toilet in there. I don't think there's a uh, shower in there. I don't don't think so, anyway. But, uh, yeah. Apparently you gotta reserve time if you want to hang out in the tub. And just soak. And DJ's complaining, like, come on, Joey, I have a date tonight. Ugh, really, DJ? And you gotta get ready six hours early? Come on. And (laughs) Joey explains just how elaborate this whole reserving the bathroom 
getting his bathroom time and he says, hey, I followed all the rules. I filled out all the forms. I even sent out a memo. So Joey starts singing in this aphoratic tone as... And DK's like pounding. Like, come the heck on, DK. Stop it. Not his fault you didn't get the memo. Because here comes Stephanie up the stairs. Because here comes Stephanie and DJ turns and says, Hey, did you know that Joey reserved the bathroom for a whole hour? And even Stephanie's like, Gotta read those memos. Why didn't you read your memo? It was given to all of us. Stephanie opens the door to her bedroom as we see Michelle at the end of her bed just jamming away on a harmonica and Stephanie is just glow. She glared any harder at Michelle. Yeah, if she glared any harder at Michelle, I'm sure she could just zap that harmonica away and make it disappear. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, uh, I haven't covered it yet, the Shape Up episode where Stephanie is playing a recorder very, very badly. Hey, this is payback for when you're doing that to DJ. <laughs> Three seasons later. Yep, you're getting the same payback. You're getting the payback that you're doing that. Yep, yep. And apparently it's been three days of that nonstop harmonica noise. And Michelle stops and says, I have to practice down in the valley, like the song. And Stephanie yanks that harmonica out of Michelle's mouth and just says, why don't you practice down in the basement? And I'm thinking, well, the basement is a recording studio and it's set up with soundproof walls. I'm like, yeah, go practice in the recording studio. Stephanie says, and I get it. You know, she says, I have to study. And Michelle tells Stephanie, in case you're wondering why my name is on the wall, it's because it's my room too. I'm like, yes, sweetie, it is your room, but you also need to learn to compromise. But then again, Stephanie, how many times have you wanted to kick Michelle out when you had a friend over? Granted, Michelle doesn't have a friend over. But there are many other places that you could do your homework. The kitchen table. The coffee table. Uh, I can't think of it. The, well, the bathroom's being occupied by Joey, so she can't do it there. But then again, who would want to do that in the bathroom? Ugh. Come on, Joey. You've been in there almost an hour. Almost an hour. I reserved the bathroom for exactly an hour. Oh, Joey, come on. I have a date tonight. Now my room. I followed all the rules. I filled out all the forms. I even sent out a memo. There are other showers in that house that she could use, I'm sure. Oh no, our Monica girl lives. Michelle, give me a break. It's been three days. I have to practice down in the valley. Why don't you practice down in the basement? I have to study. In case you're wondering why my name is on the wall, it's because it's my room too. 
Alright, if any of you are new to this podcast and you hear a beeping in the background, I do want to apologize. That's my oven. I don't know how to fix that. Neither does my husband. So, yeah. Just, as I've said before, it's like, you know, I have a job. I have to cook my lunch at certain times. Sometimes that means using the oven when I'm podcasting. So, anyway. Alright, back to the episode. So... Danny and DJ are out in the hallway outside the bathroom where Joey is in the tub. And DJ is still complaining like, oh my gosh, I'll never have time to get ready for my date. And yeah, she has, I won't, says I won't have time to dry my hair. I'm thinking, how long does it take to dry? And mind you, her hair is short at this point. So, oh my goodness. I mean, she could always use Jesse's... Jesse, you know he's got a blow dryer that she can use. It's not like all her makeup's kept in that one bathroom. You know she could... I'm sure she could more than likely just zip up the stairs. Well, actually, no. If that were the case, Jesse and Becky and the kids would be able to leave. So, anyway. (laughs) What a mess. And Danny says, well, Deej, he's got to come out sometime. You know, he's going to have to eat. And here comes the pizza guy with a dollar or five dollars or whatever. And it's got, like, fake bubbles on it. And the pizza guy, like, blows the bubbles off. He's like, hey, thanks, dude. As he shuts the door and walks down the stairs. Danny bangs on the door and says, Joey, there better not be a pepperoni ring around the tub when you're done. Ew. I'm so- No, I'm sorry. I I don't know. I guess it depends. I've heard of people, like, eating, what, chocolate-covered strawberries in the tub, but that's just... I don't know. I wouldn't want to go any higher than that. Like, I surely am not going to be in a tub and eat a pizza. But the audience loves this. The fact that Joey even ordered a pizza and he's still in the bathroom. He's still in the tub. (laughs) So while Danny's dealing with that issue, here comes Stephanie racing out into the hallway against Joey's closed bedroom door because she's stolen Michelle's harmonica. Uh, Michelle calls her a harmonica stealer, and then Stephanie calls her a music murderer. And DJ's like, hey, you two, break it up. Dad doesn't want to hear your petty problems. And then DJ, she turns back to Danny and says, Dad, I'm not going to have enough time to dry my hair. Joey's been in there forever. I'm thinking, DJ, if he says he's going to be in there for an hour, and it's almost been an hour, how much longer do you think you got to wait? My gosh. It's not like they only have one bathroom in that house. And Danny, like, has to break it up because the girls are all shouting in his direction. God, 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 look. Hey, I can only handle one problem at a time. Now cover me. I'm going in. As he goes into the bathroom. And on the wall in the hallway right behind Danny, we have a photo of... The family taken together. Clearly it looks like something that the cast had gotten together to do for season two. Just the way that the shot is set up and everything. And then, of course, we have another photo just below that of a still from DJ's very first horse episode. Just below and to the right of that. 
And I know that, I think there's one other picture below, but I can't see it through Danny's back. Dad, you gotta help me. Joey's never coming out. DJ, he can't stay in there forever. He's gotta eat sometime. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Ew! <laughs> the audience loves that. He's like, and he sees Joey eating a slice of pizza, and he says, oh, wow, this is a pretty picture. And then he says, you know, I love Italian food as much as the next guy, but seriously, haven't you been in here long enough? The guy is only asking for a, an hour, a moment of solitude, if you will, in a house full of ten people. That, mind you, has two other bathrooms. Granted, they're half bathrooms, but bathrooms nonetheless. If she really had to go and use a shower, I'm sure she could use Jesse and Becky's. Or, I thought that Danny had a shower in his bathroom that was off of the, his bedroom. At least I would think so, anyway. And... Joey, now it's just starting to complain. He says, Danny, look, I share a bathroom with three girls, you know, because they all share a hallway. There's always someone in here blow drying, moisturizing, tweezing. Well, that's probably DJ. Yeah, he, he says, all I'm asking for is an hour of, you know, peace and quiet where I can gather my thoughts. Yeah, so I'm sure he was loving that annoying harmonica song coming from Michelle and Stephanie's room. That's why when I, you know, I like the little bathtub off of her bedroom. It's so, it's a nice, quaint, small bathroom where I can listen to my roaring fire on, you know, roaring fireplace on, uh, you know, videos on, on YouTube. And it's just so nice and comfortable. And I can just read. So, and, and Danny understands, like, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, every man deserves a chance to, you know, sit and reflect on the deeper meanings of life. And then Joey's like, all right, top hockey, sharks versus the ducks. And he's got a rubber duck and a plastic shark that he's, uh, adorable. It's cute. I mean, if you were, you know, a kid that were into, but Joey is a big kid. Oh, here comes Jesse barging into the bathroom. And we still have a DJ and Stephanie and Michelle outside the door shrieking. Of course, Jesse's got his own beef with Danny. He's like, hey, Danny, look, I've been thinking, okay? It's about time you show some consideration for other people that live in this house. I'm thinking you live rent-free, so suck it up, Jess. And Joey kind of butts in with, like, why don't we start with knocking on the bathroom door when a guy's in the tub? And Jesse says, just eat your pizza, bubble boy. 
What is this vest that Jesse is wearing? It's like manila envelope color, and it's just... I don't know what it's supposed to be made out of, like cowhide or something, but it just, even with a white t-shirt, it just looks very unattractive. It really just looks very basic looking. I've Let's just say I've seen better vests on Jesse. I really, really have. This one, this one, mm, not good, not good. So, Jesse starts going through a list of all the ways that Danny has wronged him and his family. First, he says, first, you close the backyard, you don't consult me, okay? You wax the floor, again, you don't consult me. You rearrange the cupboard, defrost the refrigerator, first, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, first of all, Jesse, your domain is pretty much that attic apartment. If just, if Danny wants to rearrange his cupboard that's in his house, then that's fine for him to do. He does not have to consult you. And defrosting the refrigerator? I mean, I'm sure, like, Jesse and Becky probably put food in there, too, for their kids, but... Danny also scotch-guarded Jesse's high school yearbook. And Jesse says, again, you don't consult me. I'm like, okay, I get the yearbook because that's Jesse's personal property. Why would you leave it out where Danny could get it, I guess? I don't know. And Jesse finally, like, do you see a pattern going on here? And Danny says, yes. You complain a lot. Like, yeah, well, you guys decided to live in that attic. You pretty much take, you know, again, Danny's got the rest of the house, so... If you don't like it, you can find another place to live. I mean, Danny could be considerate in the way of giving them, like, a heads up. Like, hey, I'm planning on doing this on this day. Maybe make other plans so that way you're not cooped up in your... Take the kids to a park or something like that. You know, that kind of thing. That way you're not kind of under house arrest in your attic apartment. So... <laughs> The doorbell rings, and Danny turns to Joey and says, that better not be the falafel guy. So Danny comes out of the bathroom, starts heading down the stairs, and the girls are like, Dad, 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 and Jesse says, Dad, I mean Danny. And they start, and they're all following Danny down the stairs complaining, and Jesse's all like, I had to set up a playset for my kids in my own room. You could have held off on that, Jesse, until... The backyard was open. You could have taken the kids to a park. You did not have to set that up in your attic apartment. I know it sounds like I'm being harsh on Jesse, but seriously, there are other things you could have done to keep your kids occupied that didn't have to include putting that giant place set together. Because now that it's up, it ain't coming down. I mean, can you imagine trying to undo everything and take it apart and put it back up in the backyard? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard Danny use the word chill. He says, would everybody please chill? There's somebody at the door. And he goes to open it. There's nobody at the door. Like, I walked all the way down these steps for this. So, again, everyone's still squabbling. And Danny's like, all right, look. After dinner tonight, we'll have a family meeting and everyone can air their grievances and we'll try to figure out some solutions. Yeah, he says everybody can put their complaints in and lodge them formally. 
And Jesse says, good, because let me tell you something. I'm going to lodge a large one. Okay. So, Joey, now dressed in a bathrobe and a towel around his neck, comes down uh, to the top of the stairs says, well, I'm squeaky clean. And then he, like, twists his ear and makes a squeaky noise. So, DJ finally, all right, bathroom's free. She runs up there as both Stephanie and Michelle are like, I gotta go. Like, no, me first. Ugh. It never ends. Jesse, not Jesse, Joey is like, my garlic bread, I forgot it. <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake. Do you really polish off that whole pizza in that tub? Wow, he must have been really hungry. Oh, this is a pretty picture. You know, I, I love Italian food in the bathroom as much as the next guy, but don't you think you've been in here long enough? Danny, I share a bathroom with three girls. There's always someone in here blow-drying, moisturizing, tweezing. All I'm asking for is an hour of peace and quiet where I can gather my thoughts. Yeah, I guess you're right. Every man deserves a chance to, to sit back and reflect on the deeper meanings of life. Thank you, Danny. All right, tub hockey, here we go. Sharks versus the Ducks. You know, it's time you start showing a little consideration for some of the other people that live in this house. Why don't we start with knocking on the bathroom door when a guy's in the tub? Just eat your pizza, bubble boy. Now, you, I gotta talk to you about a few things, you know. All right, first of all, you close the backyard, you don't consult me, okay? You wax the floor, again, you don't consult me. You rearrange the cupboard, you defrost the Jesse, how much am I charging you for it? Oh, nothing? Then you can't say anything. Again, you don't consult me. Do you see a pattern going on here? Yes. You complain a lot. <laughs> that better not be the falafel guy. Dad! 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 I mean, Danny. bathrooms in the house if you need to use them. So, this elderly man, who I would put at at least maybe 55 to 65, walked into the living room and he's looking around and says, oh, this house has really changed. And Danny looks at him and says, you're telling me I've never had an old man in it before. I'm like, sir, I get that you owned that house or lived or grew up in that house a long time ago, but that still does not give you the right to just walk in at all. Even though we learn Kimmy was the one who let him. But even still, it's like, no, I can't just go to my old house that I sold over a year ago and traipsing around. Oh, this house has really changed. You're not kidding. I never had a strange man in it before. <laughs> Forgive me. The name is Bond. Lou Bond. <laughs> Your daughter let me in. My daughters are all upstairs, and they're going to hear me if I scream. 
stretch. You're downstairs, daughter. You're running low on the mood juice, Pops. I'm running low on patience, kids. Ew, this stuff's gone chunky. And it's yours as a lovely parting gift. Kimmy Gibbler, go on home! Wait a minute. Lupin? Of the Bond Foundation? Bond Plaza? The Bond Trade Towers? Uh, the Bond Trade Towers was my father. And this was our house before Daddy hit it big. I lived here the first 12 years of my life. Lots of marvelous memories. Really? Well, maybe you could explain to me about the scuff mark that was on the landing when we moved in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, why don't I show you around? Oh, right. Right. So, yeah, Danny's going to take M Mr. Bond on a tour of the house. And I guess along the way, he's going to just pop into people's rooms and introduce this stranger to everybody. Like, okay. So, yeah, Jesse's got his notepad ready to go. His pencil is poised to start making a list of complaints. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm sorry, but nothing that is over a year old is going to be even remotely relevant to this meeting. So... Becky tells Jesse, like, hon, give it a break, okay? And then she's like, you know, Jess, the boys are napping right now. <laughs> yeah, she looks at him seductively like, okay, what's what's going on here? What is she in the mood for? And she says, you know what that means. And he throws his pencil in the air. And... <laughs> Basically, they want to play on the little uh, slide thing, apparently. As soon as she's like, you know, the boys are napping. You know what that means. And Jesse throws his pencil in the air, stands up, nose to nose with her. And you just hear the audience go, woo! <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah. And she says, we get to use the slide! And they both run over. It's like they're too big kids trying to go up these this little ladder <laughs> so Becky's like fighting him over going up the stairs and Jesse well the little step ladder stairs that go to this little they're too big for this thing oh my goodness I'm surprised that Jesse can get his adult butt down that slide <laughs> getting stuck and it's not no it's because he's an adult and that's made for a child i mean he was able to do that you know when he went down with nikki and alex but i'm just like oh my goodness and becky grabs like the tips of jesse's ears as he's going down the slide he's like okay okay i give my ears my ears so i know there's a door that leads to that attic before you even go into the room why would you, well, granted, the door is open, but even still, why would you not knock, knock on the door frame, let them know, hey, I have someone with me who you've never met, who's in the house with me, who's entering, this is basically, even though it is an attic apartment, or I guess would you even call this studio apartment, because it's mainly one room, just about, except for the boys' room and the bathroom, but, yeah, 
Like, this is still a residence. Granted, they don't pay rent for it, but even still. So Danny comes up and he asks, Hey guys, I hope we're not interrupting anything weird. Becky lets go of Jesse's ears. Like, oh, no. So they get up and they go over to Danny and Danny introduces Lou, Bond Lou, or Lou Bond, <laughs> to Jesse and Becky and explains that he you, he grew up in that in their house when he was young. And Mr. Bond goes over to one of the beams in the attic apartment. And he says, oh, look, they're still there. The initials I carved in the beam. B-L-B. Uh-huh. They're really playing on this whole fact that this guy's name is Bond. So we can kind of see which way the wind is blowing here when Mr. Bond asked Danny to talk privately. What would you say I to cigars on the front porch? Or on the back porch, I think he said. So Danny does a Groucho Marx impression after, <laughs> like he thinks it's a joke. Mr. Bond say, what do you say to cigars on the back porch? And Danny's like, well, I say that's a Hey, cigars, it's a per- lovely evening we're having, or something weird like that. Mm, okay. And and I'm like, I'm with Mr. Bond. He just looks at Danny with this blank stare, like, I don't get it. Hey, look at that. Danny is like a, a little cigar humor. It's a, a joke. And Mr. Bond just is like, oh, yeah, is that what it was? Good one, not. <laughs> So Mr. Bond and Danny leave, and Jesse and Becky continue to fight over playing on the slide. I guess sometimes, I mean, we can all feel like a big kid. Like, oh, it's a playground. I want to go right on the swings and see how high I can jump off of them without injuring myself. Family meeting. I will make a list of complaints. My first complaint... I hate family meetings. Jess, give it a rest, huh? Hey, uh, the boys are napping. You know what that means? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we get to use the slide. anything weird. No problem. Uh, Jesse, Rebecca, this is uh, Lou. Bond Lou. <laughs> Screw that up, didn't I? How do you do, Lou? How do you do? Hi, nice, nice to, to meet you. you. Uh, uh, Mr. Bond actually grew up in this house. Really? Oh, look, they're still there. The initials I carved in the beam. B. L. B. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Tanner, I'd uh, like to talk to you about something. What do you say to cigars on the back porch? I'd say, hello, cigars. It's a lovely evening we're having, isn't it? <laughs> well, cigar humor. Kind of a joke. Good one. <laughs> no, no, no. 
Okay, so now we're at the family meeting, and Danny addresses the fact of why he called the meeting, because everyone's kind of getting on everyone's nerves. And Danny said, you know, that's bound to happen when so many nerves live so close together. But I may have a solution that could solve all of our problems. Which, being, if there was no season eight, Let's just say there was no season eight and it actually ended with this episode. Um, I think it, this episode was executed pretty good. I, I honestly, and I, I like that they, uh, they went this route. Although other shows before it have done the same thing. Look at Growing Pains and, uh, well, Step by Step's ending happened like three years after the show. No, actually four. I'm sorry, this is 94, so four years later. Can you imagine that, because uh, <laughs> as I had read it earlier, that ending of Step by Step, that series finale, is exactly how season seven ended. They were going to sell the house, but then the youngest didn't want to move. And, then, well, and, and eventually, you know, um, Frank and... Um, Carol didn't want to move either, but even still, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think this was done well. This would have worked as a great series finale. I mean, granted, it does feel kind of like a cop-out, like at the end of the show, oh, we're all going to move. I mean, like I said, Fresh Prince did the same thing. They moved to a different house. So, <laughs> Stephanie's like, oh, we're sending Michelle to Harmonica camp and Michelle fires back with no we're sending you to a be a better sister camp or something and Jesse's like okay girls 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 makeup all right now that that's over Jesse stands up because he's got a whole page full of complaints which none of them are even remotely relevant he even brings up something from like season two or three when he was going for a job interview. He even dates it March 4th, 1989. Lack of consideration. Danny paints the banister without telling anybody. I slide down it. Therefore, I... And then he says he was nicknamed Skunk Pants. Okay, I get you're excited, but why are you sliding down? Save that for after you get the, if you found out you got the job. You can slide down the banister all you want, but, yeah. I call, I mean, yeah, Danny should have let everyone know. But Dan, uh, Joe, Jesse, yeah, <laughs> called him like three different names before his own. Uh, Jesse, you really should have held off on sliding down the banister. I get it. You're excited. He probably didn't get that job, whatever it was. Well, at the time, he was probably going for, um, because I thought in season two, wasn't it in, let me check that out. Maybe it wasn't. I think it was season three. Okay, so I was right originally. Um, Jingle Hell is episode five, and that is in season two, where Jesse and Joey are working on jingles and stuff like that. All right, cool. And then also we have Working Mothers. So, okay, season two is where they both kind of do their advertising daily. But that's not 1989, so I, don't, I have no idea. But 
Why are you bringing up something that happened, like, five years ago? Five years prior. No, no, you gotta bring up something relevant. And Danny says, Jess, I still have the floor here. And Jesse says, fine, you can have the floor. But if you're gonna wax it, tell us. And no one else was afflicted by that, well, we don't know. I mean, either DJ or... Stephanie could have went down the staircase and put their hand on the banister and slid their hand down the banister as they were walking down it. So Danny goes on to explain about Luban, saying he is a very wealthy man and he has pretty much everything he could ever want except for one thing, to live in the house that he grew up in. And, of course, I think DJ's the first one with a response like, oh, forget it. There's enough people living in this house already. And, of course, he's like, no, no, he doesn't want to live here with us. He wants to buy the house. Even when Danny drops the, bo the bomb about, hey, he actually, you know, he wants to live in the house he grew up in. And DJ says, forget it. There's enough people living here already. And Joey's like, hey, he's sharing your bathroom. And Danny says, no, guys, he doesn't want to live here with us. He wants to buy the house. And everyone is just like, well, really? They're all surprised, which. And Danny says he is offering, Luban's offering twice what the house is worth. So this is 1994. I'm not a realtor. I don't know how the housing market was back then. I was actually thinking about that last night. I think it might have been the night before. Towards the end of my shift, um, I was kind of thinking about that, and how was, I'm gonna, you know what, I'm curious, maybe I can look up on the old internet and see, how was the housing market in, around this time in 1994? Okay, so... I'm just going to take this with a grain of salt here. Uh, it says, how much was the house in 1990 in San Francisco? It says, these days San Francisco grabs national headlines for its sky-high housing prices, but in 1990, a single-family home ran just $285,920. Last year, prices in the city hit a record one million two hundred and seventy thousand four hundred ninety-two, a twenty-five-year gain of three hundred and forty-four percent. Let's see how much did they increase? Good golly, Almighty! Woo, this is cray. I can imagine. Yeah, man, this is woo. <laughs> Unless he's already done some pricing, he says, which means we could, you know, buy a house in the exact same neighborhood, you know, a bigger house, and maybe we wouldn't drive each other so crazy. So I'm guessing, well, the fact that he's thinking everyone's just going to have, you know, still be living together, we'll just do it in a bigger house. Whereas this does present the opportunity for Jesse and Joey since, you know, Danny and the girls, he's more than qualified to be able to take care of the girls on his own. They are older. 
you know, DJ and Stephanie pretty much take care of themselves anyway. Um, and, you know, Michelle, she's seven, eight at this point, so... It's not like she needs to still have her diapers changed or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the idea that the family could split up and, you know, they've been in that house. Well, <laughs> Jesse and Joey have been in the house since 87 and it's 94. That's like seven years. And they're just saying, well, maybe. And even Joey's like, it's about time I got my own place. So everyone is gung-ho, except for little Michelle, who's sitting there, doesn't have a smile on her face. I mean, honestly, if you think about it, this is the only house that Michelle really knows. She's never been anywhere else. Now, as far as DJ and Steph, I think the same with uh with Stephanie. I I think that more than likely they probably bought that house when Pam was expectant with Steph. And you know DJ probably would have been four at the time, four or five years old. So like Danny, we can't live in the small apartment anymore. We need to, you know, find a, a bigger house. So, <laughs> it's just, it's kind of funny here how, you know, Steph, yeah, Stephanie's like, I could have my own room, and, and DJ's like, I could have my own bathroom, and I'm just thinking, well, she's a, gonna be a senior in season eight, she pretty much graduates, and then goes off to college, is she gonna be in a dorm, or is she gonna be in a college close to home, we know, we know she does not get into Stanford, which is her dream school. She does, however, get into Berkeley. We don't. But then again, she talks about um, in Fuller House going to that one college that's slipping my mind at the moment. I think I covered that back in May. The co the uh, college tours episode, and I cannot even begin to think of what the name of that college was. So, yeah, I mean, they're all, everyone except Michelle is just excited about this new opportunity. And Jesse's like, I could have my own kitchen, I could have my own bathroom, I could have my own backyard. And Becky's like, honey, it's a house. And Jesse's like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, we were, you know, just living in the attic until we could find our own place. Well, maybe that, you know, until one day we could get our own place. And maybe that day is today. And Becky says, you know, yeah, the boys could use some more growing space. I mean, they're not getting any shorter. What? Oh, I just, I'm curious to know. <clears throat> well, we know as of the start of Fuller House that Danny had, you know, he was still living in that house, but Jesse and Becky, how long, I, I'm just curious, how long had they stayed in that house with, you know, Nikki and Alex in the attic? Did they stay right up until, you know, DJ's husband had passed and everything, and then they kind of moved out to, I heard, you know, they moved out to L.A., and, and Danny moved out to L.A. as well, so, 
Yeah, I'm just kind of curious. And Joey says, you know, I'm definitely ready to move into my own place. I mean, I'm a grown man after all. Plus, I need more space for my toys. You know, his his plush dolls and stuff like that. His Popeye and Bluto and olive oil and the three... All the... All the... His, his plush toys and stuff like that. And his hockey stuff. I don't think he's got the mannequin anymore, but... And Danny says, you know, I think this is the first family meeting where we actually agree on something. When was the last family meeting? The only other time I can think of is in the episode Joey Gets Tough in season two, where DJ didn't call when she was going to be late with her uh, karate practice, and... Joey grounded her, and she thought it was unfair. I'm just, I'm honestly trying to think. I don't think there was another meeting between that time and this time. <laughs> Unless they have an off screen, which they probably might have. And Danny is just like, yeah, that's it, I guess. We're, we're out of here. We're moving. <laughs> And the thing is, no one's, Michelle's the only one that is really thinking about this on an emotional level of, you know, this is the house that she basically grew up in. And, you know, I'll get, you know, I'm going to table that. I'm going to table that for the end because I just, I want to hold all my, my comments, my thoughts, and all of that stuff for the end. So we're not, we're not there yet. And you know what's kind of interesting? Everyone else was like, oh my gosh, that's great, this is awesome, blah, 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 blah. No one even acknowledges that Michelle's in the room right now. No one's turned to Michelle and said, honey, what do you think about all this? Well, we can tell just by the look on her face, she's not happy about it. Yeah, because the sad music plays and we see Michelle with this sad I'm about to cry face. little family meeting because we've all been getting on each other's nerves which is bound to happen when so many nerves live so close together <laughs> what i'm about to say might actually solve everyone's problems we're sending michelle to harmonica camp we're <laughs> sending you to be a nice sister camp girls 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 make up okay now that that's taken care of on to more important matters all right <clears throat> lack of consideration on March 4th, 1989, Danny paints the banister without telling anyone. I slide down said banister on the way to a job interview, at which I am nicknamed Skunk Pants. Not Danny Skunk. Jess, I still have the floor here. Fine, if you're going to have the floor and you're going to wax it, tell us. <laughs> all right. Now, as you all know, Mr. Bond, Lou Bond, is a very wealthy man. Now, he has everything he's ever wanted his entire life except for one thing to live here in the house he grew up in forget it there's enough people living here already he's sharing your bathroom no guys he doesn't want to live here with us he wants to buy the house, wants to buy a house. Really? yes yes and he's offering me twice what it's worth Are you yeah which means we could buy an even bigger house in this exact same neighborhood and then maybe we wouldn't drive each other so crazy maybe kitchen i can have my own living room i can have my own backyard honey it's called a house <laughs> that's what i'm saying i mean you know we've been talking about moving to our own house someday maybe maybe that some days now well the boys could use some more growing space i mean they're not getting any shorter <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm definitely ready to move into my own place. After all, I'm a grown man. Plus, I need more shelf space for my toys. You know what? I think this is the first family meeting where we all actually agree on something. Well, that's it then. I mean, we're, we're out of here. We're moving. This is all right. And DJ's like, you can hear her say, I don't even have to share with Joey anymore. And I'm thinking, I, Joey complaining about the fact that he's got to share a bathroom with three girls. Well, so, all right. We're in the kitchen. Jesse and Becky are sharing one chair because I guess that's, that's what you do. <laughs> They're both wearing black, too. Jesse's wearing a black T-shirt. She's wearing... What well, looks like a, a black button-up shirt, and they're going through the housing ad, the the realtor ads, which all they're going, you know, this is '94. There was no internet as far as Realtor.com, and <laughs> she's saying how the how this house on Linwood Street has a hot tub, it has central air. You know, a big backyard, central air, and a hot tub. So, he's like, oh, I love hot tubs. So, he goes over to Nikki and Alex that are, they're coloring at that table. He's like, hey, boys, how would you like a hot tub? And, of course, I don't know which twin this is. He asks, what's a hot tub? And, of course, the way that Jesse describes it is like it's a, kind of like a bathtub. And both boys are like, no bath. Like, no, 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 no. That's not like, it's like a swimming pool with hot heated water and you don't have to use soap. Yeah, she tells the boys, no, no, no. This tub is outside and you don't have to use soap. <laughs> and the other, <laughs> I wish we could tell who <laughs> Now you tell me. <laughs> so... Michelle comes in with Denise and Teddy, and Jesse's all like, Michelle, hot tub party, all right? Our house, be there. And Michelle's like, you bought a new house already? And Jesse's like, well, no, not yet. We're just kind of looking, you know? I mean, kind of fun to think about, huh? And she's like, yeah, I can't stop thinking about it. So no one's kind of picking up on Michelle's morose mood. And the thing is, I mean... All they have to go on is whatever amount of space, amount of words in these little ads in the newspaper classifieds. Don't know what the house looks like. Don't know the condition. None of that stuff. Until they actually, you know, go and see. I like now, I mean, you have, like, sites like Realtor.com and other sites like that where, you know, there's pictures of the house you can actually, you know, take a virtual tour of the house and all of that stuff. When it came time for us to be selling our house, we had a lot of work that we were told a lot of the stuff has to be taken care of before you can even list the house. So we did as much as we could. We did this during the 2020, you know, shutdown time where it was near impossible to be able, and this was in Michigan, this was near impossible to try to get anyone to come and work on the house because at, before, 
there was a ban where no, no contractors, no one could, you know, enter your house just due to, you know, this mandate set by the governor in Michigan. And then once that ban was lifted, they had, you know, work like months and months and months. And I honestly, I don't know. And I do, you know, credit God for this basically moved heaven and earth to get us down to Texas because all of a sudden it's like, okay, this kitchen floor has got to be done. Well, we have orders, you know, backed up for weeks and weeks and weeks. I'm like, but this has to be done because we're listing this house in like a month. Somehow, some way, that house got done. That floor got done. The basement got taken care of. Anything that needed to be done down there was done. Uh, the bathrooms were taken care of. Granted, those were done. Those were actually done back in February because we were already planning on selling the house. And then, of course, the shutdown hit in March. And then a lot of stuff just got put on hold. So, yeah. Between, you know, um, what was that? I quit at the end of June, my job. And then between then and listing, I think it was July 31st or August 1st, we had listed the house. So in that month span of time, we were able to get everything that we needed to get done. We made the house look very presentable and all that good stuff for the person to come in, take pictures of the house and everything like that. The thing is, yeah, you can look through pictures on a website. You can read the information that the realtor, you know, types up. But until you actually walk through that house and you have somebody actually, a house inspector go through, because they're going to hit stuff that the realtor is not, and the homeowners are not going to mention. Like, yes, it might look good, but, oh, the foundation, what is this crack in the wall? Or, or um, what's, yeah, just all these little things you're probably not going to think of because you're not, you know, a, a housing inspector and stuff like that. And that's the thing. It's like that's going to be a housing factor. That inspection report is going to be the deciding factor whether you want to, take a risk and buy a house that might need a little bit more work put into it than you are far financially, you know, able or even wanting to do. That's just, that's a risk. You're going to take a risk and, you know, do that. Or are you going to like, well, I like the house, but it's a little bit more than I really want. It's more work to put into it than I really care to do. And that honestly, that's where you kind of haggle, I guess, with the price. So, yeah, you know, those might be the fun, you know, factors for Jesse Becky. It's got central air. It's got a hot tub. It might have a hot tub out on a little patio, but what's the condition of the patio from the hot tub being on there, right? You might need to replace that patio. I, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't think anyone has asked Michelle her opinion of what... Because everyone is so happy they're in this, we're moving, yay, we're moving, yay. We're all getting new houses. Which, I mean, Jesse and Becky, they're not paying rent on that uh, attic, which, whatever. But it's probably allowed them to put money away so that way when the time comes, they can buy a house. I don't think Danny's going to sell the house and say, okay, Joey, here's your cut. Okay, Jesse, here's your cut for living in the house for seven years. 
Jesse and Joey with helping raise my girls. Here, let's... No, he's not going to do that. So, Michelle, Teddy, and Denise all zip off out of the kitchen. And Becky says, you know, Jess, check this out. This house has central blow drying. It's like, where? Let me see that. And he picks up the paper and says, what? Where? She's like, gotcha. <laughs> So the scene coming up has got to be one that maybe I don't remember because it, in the trivia it says that the scene with Steve was cut in the syndicated uh, episode. So let's see here. Okay, so this is the scene where Steve's mom is a realtor and Steve is trying to sell Joey on a condo. <laughs> and Steve gets half his mom's commission if Joey uh, goes with her uh, one of her properties. And he says something about getting a gold jacket or something like that. And Joey takes a brochure from Steve and says, Oh, look at this. Uh, Meadows, okay. Natural Meadows. And Steve says, yeah, I sold one of those condos yesterday. Well, Steve's in college, so I can imagine any commission he gets off, you know, selling one of these, you know, and then his mom does, you know, the final details. I can imagine that uh, that can help pay for his college classes or his rent on his apartment. Oh, oh my god. Oh, this is a senior center. He's trying to get Joey. Because yeah, Joey's like, oh, look at thee. Is this a retirement village condominium type of thing? Like senior living? Because Joey's like looking at this brochure that's got like lawn bowling and everything. It's like, I think you got to be like a certain age to qualify for one of those places, I bet. Yeah, and Joey's listing the activities like, wow, shuffleboard, tetherball. And Joey flips another page. Oh, look how happy those people are. And he shows Jess, and Jess like, yeah, that's because they're all naked. It's a nudist colony. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? And C's like, oh, my God. I better give Father O'Connell his check back. <laughs> oh my God. Steve, don't you look at these brochures before you uh, 
try to uh, entice people to uh, take an interest in getting a condo of these particular places. I thought it was going to be like a, uh, a senior citizen type, not assisted living, but, uh, you know, senior independent living, you know, apart, you gotta be like 60 and over, 65 and older to live there. So yeah, I definitely do not remember that scene in the episode. And like I said, this came out in 1994. At the time, I was probably still, well, let me see here. Let me get the one. It is, oh, for heaven's sake. No, that's easy. Oh, hold on a second. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. It is May 17th, 94. I would not yet have been 12. At, so I was still 11. Yeah. And there's no way I can remember that far back. Unless something particular happened while I was watching an episode of Full House. I just... You know, when it aired and stuff like that, I'm just... I'm not gonna really remember unless something sticks out at me in my memory. Mom says if you buy a condo from her real estate office, I get half the commission, plus one of those really cool yellow jackets. Mm. <laughs> oh, hey, look at this one, huh? Natural Meadows. Yeah, yeah, I sold one of those yesterday. Wow, and look at all these cool activities. Lawn bowling, shuffleboard, <laughs> tetherball... Oh, and look how happy everyone is. It's because they're all naked. It's a nudist colony. <laughs> oh, my God. I better give Father O'Connell his check back. <laughs> uh, now we're going to move up to the girls' room where Michelle is... Looks like she's starting to get a handle on that harmonica. Because afterwards, Denise and Teddy are clapping. They're not grimacing like, oh, my ears. No. And she says, yeah, I was playing the blues because she's sad. The idea of everyone splitting up and going their separate ways. Well, sweetie, it's going to happen eventually. It's probably why they waited till after she graduated high school before they all was like okay michelle's not living here anymore she's off traveling the country so we can all move finally teddy you're right up there with lisa he's like i like the part with it where the spit shot out of the harmonica okay i'm not gonna put him on a level of lisa lisa was beyond the beyond with her grossness and toenails and gross whatever she was talking about so, Stephanie's talking about what she wants to do when she gets her own room in their new house. Putting the bedroom, the, the bed by the window and the dresser by the door. Oh, kind of like this dresser's by the door over here. And Stephanie adds, and Michelle down the hall. She kind of thumbs it. She's talking to uh, uh, DJ about this. And Michelle's just like, ha, 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 rolling her eyes at Stephanie. And DJ brings up the fact, like, Michelle, you know, when we move out, when we all, you know, get a new place, you get to have your own room again. I'm surprised Michelle's like, 
I had my own room at one time. So, yeah. She's, yeah, she's, DJ says, you can even kick Stephanie out of your own room. And Michelle says, oh, great, can I start now? Yeah, uh, you, you get your own room. If Stephanie comes in, you can throw her out. And Michelle says, can I start now? Oh, no, she says, can I practice now? <laughs> so, DJ says, well, yeah, we can practice that later. Right now we got to clean up the house because Mr. Bond is coming over for an inspection. So he's not bringing an, an, actual, an actual licensed house inspector over to check the foundation and all that stuff. He's actually, maybe he's his own housing inspector, I guess. Or maybe his, since he makes so much money, his word is good enough. Like, yeah, the house looks fine. It's fine. So, Michelle asks, well, what's he got to inspect for? What's he looking for? DJ tells her, well, he wants to make sure the house is perfect as far as the foundation. There's no problems with the house. There's That there's no, you know, the foundation is straight. There's no leaks, no infestation, you know, vermin, all that stuff, termites and whatnot. Oh, Teddy's the one that asked about what infants in infestation is. Uh, Steph's just trying to gross the kids out. Like, oh, yeah, disgusting stuff like termites and silverfish and rats and whatnot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Roaches? <laughs> okay. You're, you're, both Teddy and Denise are like, ooh. Even Michelle's like, ew. And DJ says, don't worry, Dad's devoted his life to keeping vermin out of the house. And of course, Stephanie brings up Kimmy. Well, no, I mean, Kimmy still comes around. So, DJ and Steph leave, and Michelle says, I don't want to move. I like that we all live together. And, <laughs> yeah. Turns out, yeah, uh, Denise and Teddy are, well, then you better flunk that inspection. And Michelle's like, well, how do I do that? And Denise, I like how Denise gets up, puts an arm around Michelle's shoulder and says, we're your friends, we'll help you out. Teddy comes up, puts his arm around Michelle and says, we need a plan. Let's put our heads together. And they put their heads together and you hear an audible clunk. And they're like, ow! Teddy's shirt is so 90s, but I love it. And I think right now, his shirt is now in the running for best outfit of the episode, because I love it so much. It's got like a zigzag kind of shape pet, like diamond kind of zigzag blue pattern. It's really, really cool looking. The, honestly, that audible clunk you hear when they put their heads together, that clearly sounded like coconuts being hit together, so I think that was just a sound effect.
later. Dad said we have to clean up because tonight Mr. Bond's coming over for an inspection. What's he inspecting for? Well, he has to check everything out, make sure it's perfect or else he won't buy the house. You know, make sure the foundation is straight, there are no leaks, and especially that there's no infestation. What's infestation? You know, vermin. Disgusting stuff like termites, rats, silverfish, roaches. Exactly. But don't worry, Dad's devoted his life to keeping vermin out of the house. Except Kimmy. (laughs) I don't want to move. I like that we all live together. (laughs) Then you better flunk that inspection. How do we do that? We're your friends. We'll help you. We need a plan. Let's put our heads together. Yeah, I can imagine. So in the next scene, we're in the kitchen at the kitchen table. We got Michelle on the cordless phone. She has got the yellow pages flipped all the way to practically the end of the book. And she says, hello, I'd like to order some vermin. (laughs) I don't think you can order that stuff. No. And all we hear on her end is, ew, thanks anyways. Bye, and she hangs up, and Teddy asks, well, what'd he say? Michelle says, they don't sell them, they only kill them. Well, obviously. And Michelle says, all right, we need another plan, and she puts an arm around Denise and Teddy, and Teddy's, okay, but keep away from my head. (laughs) I already have a bruise forming on the side of my head from where (laughs) we made contact the other day. Okay, just to give you a heads up, that beeping you're hearing in the background, if you are in fact hearing it, it's my oven. It's getting ready to heat up so I can make my lunch because it's already after 12 and I am hungry. <laughs> I'm making those, uh, one of those Red Baron, like, French bread three meat pizzas. I haven't had one in a while and they're, they're pretty good. So, Danny's got the house in tip-top condition, or so he thinks, as Lou Bond, Mr. Bond, rings the doorbell. Danny makes another joke saying, my home is your home, but not until the check clears. (laughs) Apparently, uh, Mr. Bond doesn't find that funny. (laughs) He, Mr. Bond is really side-eyeing Danny like, you have some nerve. How dare you think that my check wouldn't clear? (laughs) And Danny nervously says, uh, feel free to laugh anytime. So, Michelle comes into the living room, and Danny's surprised to see her there. He's like, well, honey, why didn't you go to dinner with everyone else? And Michelle says, I wanted to stay and see the inspection. And Danny's like, well, honey, it's going to be kind of boring. We see above the stairs there, Teddy's got a, um... Probably one of those, I'd say it's a mini super soaker. Of course, Michelle's looking up at the stairwell there, and she's like, maybe not. 
And he just looks at Michelle like confused, like, like, okay, you know what? Danny says, All right, let's let's start with the living room here. And Michelle asks, Dad, did you mention the leaky roof? And Danny just kind of chuckles like <laughs> And I love how he touches his forehead with hers and says, Honey, the roof is in perfect condition. You'll have to excuse my daughter. And Danny says, you'll have to excuse my daughter, Mr. Bond. And Michelle is motioning above her head, like, hit that guy's head. You know, since he's bald, he's going to feel that water on his head. <laughs> but <laughs> Danny just lets this long stream from the super soaker. It doesn't just hit the guy's head. It hits his shoulder as well. And I'm like, what in the world? But Michelle clearly has no idea how houses work because, no, that is just the ceiling. The roof isn't right there. You have a, a second level to your house and a third if you, you add that attic in. So I'd say the roof is going to be pretty much where the, um, above the attic. That's your roof. So if anyone's getting any issues with the roof, it's going to, the attic's going to feel it first. Mr. Bond is like touching his head like why do I feel wetness and Mr. Bond says that's very odd it just felt some water just on my head and Michelle says told you leaky roof and Danny says Michelle we do not have a leaky roof it's not even raining <laughs> that's not even the roof as he points to the ceiling and Michelle says tell that to the guy with the wet head I mean, I think if you if you get hit with something, it's like, and it's a stream of water. I don't think you're and you're inside your house. You're not like, oh, the roof leaks. Water's not gonna come like at you from behind sideways. It's gonna if it's a roof leaking, it's gonna be from above. again, Mr. Tanner. Ah, Mr. Bond. Come on in. My home is your home, but not until the check clears. <laughs> Just feel free to laugh anytime. Michelle, why didn't you go to dinner with everybody else? I wanted to stay for the inspection. Sweetheart, it's going to be kind of boring. <laughs> You know what? Why don't we just start with the living room here? Dad, did you mention the leaky roof? <laughs> what are you talking about, honey? The roof is in perfect condition. You'll have to excuse my daughter. <laughs> That's very odd. I just felt some water on my head. Leaky roof. Michelle, we do not have a leaky roof. In fact, it's not even raining. That's not even the roof. Tell that to the guy with the wet head. And so they head up the stairs, the three of them, and Danny goes into DJ's room. These kids have been hard at work. They have everything tilted. <laughs> they have DJ's bed 
tilted sideways, propped up by two stacks of books, along with the little, uh, I don't even know if you call it an ottoman. I don't know what that is at the end of her bed. It's just a little seat with a cushion. Then she's got a little chair with a, a footrest. And just, yeah, everything. Her nightstand even has something propped up. The pictures on her walls are tilted to the left. And Michelle makes it look like the foundation is crooked or something. <laughs> and Danny, he knows what's up. He's like, Michelle, what happened in here? And Michelle, <clears throat> trying to play innocent, like, everything's slanted. It must be the foundation. Michelle acts like she's in a topsy-turvy room. Like, Whoa! Even... The com little computer on DJ's desk is tilted sideways. And the little desk table thing, the two front legs are propped up on a couple stacks of books. Even every single picture on her wall, even the pillow person is tilted sideways. And Michelle turns around and faces her dad and... Mr. Bond and says, I wouldn't want to buy a house this crooked. Danny's got his arms crossed. He's like, well, something's crooked here, but it's not the foundation. Michelle, <laughs> putting a hand to her cheek, says, why, Father, whatever do you mean? <laughs> Girl, you are not innocent. You are not innocent at all. Isn't that right, Quinny? I don't know where she went. <laughs> I thought she was sitting right here. But she's not. Teddy pops into the room and says, You guys better get over here. You've got a big infest infestation. Mr. Bond, I think he knows what's up. Because I can't wait. Ugh, rolls his eyes. And this would be my daughter DJ's room. I hope everything is okay in there. Whoa. <laughs> Michelle, what happened here? Everything's slanted. It must be the foundation. See? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I wouldn't want to buy a house this crooked. Something's crooked here, and it's not the foundation. Why, Father, whatever do you mean? <laughs> You guys better get over here. You got a big infestation. I can't wait. So Danny tells Mr. Bond, Mr. Bond, I assure you there's never been a bug or rodent in this house. And Denise says, oh, it's worse than that. Because they're both like standing against the closed door to Michelle and Stephanie's room. You got... Comment on Michelle's bed. You got... Some of these dogs do look... Like, one in particular does look like the dog from Comet's birthday party in season four, One Last Kiss. There's also Teddy's dog, Sparky. There's the dog that looks like... Well, he might be the same dog. This is 94. That could be the same dog that played Ruff in 1993's Dennis the Menace. 
which was also produced by Warner Brothers. Maybe it might be. There's also a Rottweiler, some type of terrier, and another small poodle terrier white dog. I can't tell what genetic makeup the dog is made of. There's another dog. I can't tell. That one looks like it could be some type of a terrier and Heinz 57 mix. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Eight dogs in one bedroom. Denise says, you got a bad case of dogs. <laughs> right, Quinny? Yeah. Can you imagine if they had a bad case of cats? There's no such thing. There's no such thing. Right, girl? Right. Yeah. You silly girl. What a goofball. <laughs> Danny turns to Michelle out in the hallway and asks, Michelle, what are all those dogs doing in your bedroom? And Michelle says a lot of, basically a lot of panting. Michelle tries to like, this nervous smile. Yeah, she knows she's been caught. Mr. Vaughn, I assure you, there is not now, nor has there ever been a bug or a rodent in this house. Oh, it's worse than that. <laughs> you got a bad case of dogs. Michelle, what are all those dogs doing in your room? A lot of... <laughs> so the family returns dj's like we're home and joey's like hey we brought you a doggy bag and in from the living room rushes this pack of dogs and of course sparky grabs the doggy bag on the kitchen table and hightails it out the door with the others Okay, here's a question. Where are Nikki and Alex? Because they're not with Jesse and Becky. Have they been sleeping upstairs the whole time this uh, uh, inspection has been going on? <laughs> and Jesse has this string of dogs just zips through out into the backyard, out the back door. Says, huh, must be Comet's poker night. <laughs> so... Teddy and Denise run out like, oh, come back, dogs, because they got these leashes and collars in their hands. And Denise is like, oh, we should have went with the dead vermin. And Jesse is just like, what's going on around here? Here comes Michelle hightailing it from the living room into the kitchen until Danny calls her back. Like, no, 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 Michelle, you're not leaving. We need to find out what's going on here. And Danny says, and ex Michelle, we need to talk and expect the phrase grounded for life to come up a lot. So Danny apologizes to Mr. Bond. He says, Mr. Bond, I am so sorry about all of this. And then he bends down to Michelle's level and he, he asks Michelle, he's like, Michelle, if you were so upset about moving, then why didn't you come and say something? Um, how about the fact that none of you included Michelle's opinion at all in this family meeting? Not one of you even asked her about what she wanted or even just her opinion of the whole thing and michelle kind of loads on them on danny a little bit like well i couldn't get a word in edgewise everyone's talking about hot tubs and 
bathrooms and backyards. Yeah, she says, you're all going crazy. Everyone's talking about hot tubs and phones in the bathroom. And she says, no one cared that we're not going to be living together anymore. Yeah, that did kind of, everyone's excitement did get overshadowed by the realization, like, you guys have been together for seven years. Yeah, no one not once even there. She is a hundred, Michelle is a hundred percent right. Everyone was so excited about kind of going their own ways and these new opportunities that no one stopped to think. You guys have been living together for over seven years. I mean, not Becky, because, you know, she and Jesse got married in season four and whatnot. But anyway, anyway. It's just... Yeah, this family is just... The idea that they could break up, you know, and we've been there. We watched for over seven seasons this family, everything they went through, the the bonding, the tears, the laughter, all of it. We were there for it all. And it's like Michelle is just trying to remind them, like, are you really ready to let all this go? Everything that we built here? And Danny tells Michelle, like, well, we care. We're just trying to make things a little better around here. And Michelle, I agree with her. She says, they already are. Yeah, she says, it already is better. Michelle says, it's the, uh, it's the best house I've ever lived in. And DJ reminds her, Michelle, it's the only house you ever lived in. I'm like, exactly. She says, you know, it's a great house, but what? Makes me tear up a little bit. And when she says, everything happened here. You're right, Michelle. Everything did happen there. You guys all became a family in that house. Yes, you, you, you know, you lost Pam and everything, but you gained a lot, too. You know, from the sadness and everything of what the house represented in the beginning to starting to be able to open your heart and welcome new family members, you know? I mean, moving, Jesse and Joey moving in, and then Jesse and Becky get married, and then, you know, they have the kids, and it's just new life and love, and everything just, everything happened there. And she even looks at them, the family, and asks, don't you guys remember? And Jesse says, sure we remember, Michelle. We all love this house. And, you know, she asks, well, then why do you want to move? Yeah, she asks, well, if you love this house, then why are we moving? And she asks, aren't you going to miss us? And she does a little, mm, the quivering bottom lip. And he's like, that's it. That's, the, that's where Nikki and Alex got that from. So, of course, Mr. Bond is not phased at all by this sentimental sweet moment. He's like, oh, that was a Hallmark moment. And he's got kittens in a cookie jar because he's going to be writing out the check for the house. Giants of American industry or kittens in a cookie jar. So, basically, he's got two different bank accounts then. Or does he have, just from the same account, just different uh, check images? Because he's holding two separate checkbooks. At the end of the day, 
honestly, I mean, it is Danny's decision to make. It is his house. And Mr. Bond, he is really pushing this. Like, just let me just choose what you want. I'll sign the check. It'll be a done deal. Well, I don't think it'll be a done deal until, I mean, you got to go through all the proper uh, stuff that you got to go through. Unless he, Mr. Bond is so rich that it's like, you don't got to worry about all that stuff. We'll just, but you got to sign papers and stuff to exchange your homeownership and all that stuff. And Danny's like, hold on a minute here, Mr. Bond. And Danny says, hold on. Michelle's right as he turns to the family. This house is more than just... See, I'm getting choked up just by him saying this house is more than walls and a ceiling. See, he's not getting choked. I'm getting choked up. Because think of, if this had been the series finale, like I said, this would have been a great way to go out on. That they would have just stayed in the house. Danny continues saying, it's our lives. And then we see, you know, Jesse and Becky and Joey just kind of realizing, like, yeah, it is. Seven years, guys. That may not seem like a long time. But to us in the Tanners, I mean, so much stuff happened in seven years' time. And DJ even recalls when they first moved in there with their mom... Just how big the house was. Because I, I honestly think, I think that DJ probably had to have been four or five and Stephanie, well, now I'm just, I'm honestly trying to wonder whether, I'm, <laughs> I, I just like to think like they've been in the house since. You know, DJ was a little girl and Stephanie was a baby. But now, because even Stephanie brings up the fact that I couldn't even reach the counter, you know, because they had those, have those chairs there. So here's what I think. Let's just throw this. Let's just throw it all out there. Here's my hypothesis. Here's what I'm thinking, okay? I think that when Pam got pregnant with Michelle... That they bought that house. I'm just going to go on on a limb. I'm just going to say I think that it happened that way. Because when DJ, when she's talking about how big the house looked and everything. And then Stephanie's saying I couldn't even reach up to the counter to get into the cookie jar. Joey had to lift me up to the counter. Yeah, she says, I remember I couldn't even reach the counter. Joey had to lift me up to get in the cookie jar. <laughs> of course, Joey's like, well, I wasn't going to leave my fingerprints on the lid. And Jesse, he says, you know, Danny, when I first moved in here, I thought I'd be here for like a few months just to help you out. Who knew that I'd be getting married and, you know, raising my own kids here? Yeah. Jesse says how, you know, I never knew, you know, seven years later that I'd be getting married you know, raising, you know, and having kids, you know, all in, in this house and just, oh. yeah, it's just, it's, it's amazing. Like his life kind of, you know, began with that house really, you know, when he moved in and, you know, he met Becky and, you know, Jesse, you know, changed. It's almost like he was kind of reborn again. And then, 
you know, becoming a parent. A lot of firsts happen in that house. Jesse and Becky had their first kiss there. It was just, ugh. Oh, my goodness. So, so wonderful. And Jesse, you know, thank you, Michelle, for reminding me of this. And Becky says, you know, Jess, I think that hot tub will have to wait. I mean, yeah, we don't have a lot of room here, but we got a lot of love. See, I'm getting choked up again. This episode is really just, oh, my heart. And Becky adds, and a lot of laughs and a lot of babysitters. Jesse says, yeah. Michelle turns to Mr. Bond and says, Mr. Bond and says, you heard it, Mr. Bond. We're not selling our house. Right, Dad? <laughs> but she looks at Danny like, Danny's a, he got the final decision. And Jesse and Joey are like, Danny? Yeah! <laughs> yeah, Michelle looks at Danny like, are we, Dad? And Joey says, are we, Dad? Like, he's nervous, too. And Jesse just looks at Danny like, Danny, like, it's, it's up to you. It's your decision. Like, are we going to keep this family together and continue making memories in this house? Or are we going to all, you know, go our separate ways? Rest assured, Danny says, don't worry, guys. We're not moving. Once goes wild with the applause and the woo! <laughs> so, Danny says, Mr. Bond, I think what my family's trying to say is there's no amount of money that could break up this family. And apparently Mr. Bond finds this hilarious. He actually thinks it's a joke. Like, no, I'm not joking. Okay, he really thinks that's funny. Like, dude, calm down. It's not. It's a sentimental moment. I don't know. This guy just seems very impersonal. I just, he just downright rude to the fact that you come into someone's house you're not you don't even go in the front door i mean yeah he knocked but it's like no you don't just go into someone's house i don't care if some random stranger lets you in that's just rude and he's just like treating everything but i mean prospective buyers and stuff like that i get they don't want to form any they, they don't want to know what's so important about this house to the current tenants and stuff. They just want to look at it in a, the house as something that they could live in. They don't care about the memories that the current family has built over the years. Or I, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I just, I get that feeling that... Mr. Bond is like that. He just, he gives off that vibe. And Mr. Bond stops laughing when he looks at Danny's face. and like, you're actually serious. Hello. It looks like there's next to nothing in that little bag. Michelle, 
We need to talk. And expect the phrase grounded for life to come up a lot. <laughs> Mr. Bond, I am so sorry. Michelle, if you were so upset about moving, why didn't you come and talk to us about it? We were all going crazy. Everybody was talking about hot tubs and telephones in the bathroom. Nobody cared that we're not going to be living together anymore. Sweetheart, we care. We were just trying to make things a little better around here. It already is better. It's the best house I ever lived in. Michelle, it's the only house you've ever lived in. It's a great house. Everything happened here. Don't you guys remember? Yeah, sure we remember, Michelle. We, we, we all love this house. Well, if you love this house, then why are we moving? Aren't you going to miss us? <laughs> there it is, the lift. The lift. That's where Nikki and Alex get. Well, that was a hallmark moment. But now back to business, Mr. Tanner. What check would you prefer? I have giants of American industry or kittens in a cookie jar. Hold on, sir. You know what? Michelle's right. This house is more than just walls and a ceiling. It's our lives. Yeah, I remember when we first moved in here with Mom. And this place was so big. It was like a castle. <laughs> and, you know, I remember when I couldn't even reach that counter. Joey had to lift me up to get to the cookie jar. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to leave my fingerprints on the lid, that's for sure. <laughs> the girls and everything. I, mean, I had no idea I'd be living here for seven years, getting married in this house, raising my own kids here. The best move I've ever made. Thanks for reminding me, Michelle. No problem. <laughs> well, Jess, I guess that hot tub will have to wait. We don't have a lot of room here, but we have a lot of love, a lot of laughs, and a lot of babysitters. <laughs> You heard him, Mr. Bun. We're not selling our house. Are we, Dad? Are we, Dad? No, guys, don't worry. We're not moving. Mr. Bond, I think what everybody here is trying to tell you is there's no amount of money that would break up this family. <laughs> That's not a joke, sir. You're actually serious. So here comes Kimmy, of course. We gotta get one last, uh, <laughs> with Kimmy here. She and her mom are having an argument, and she says, Okay, which stinks worse? My, my sneakers or my clogs? Oh, of all the times to come in, but... <laughs> And the fact that, I guess, Kimmy is finally understanding that her feet smell, I mean, is, is, I mean, I always thought it was a thing where maybe she didn't realize it, but everyone else, like, could tell, like, maybe she's finally getting the sense of, oh, my feet actually do stink. Everyone's right. I thought they were just <laughs> being overly critical about my, <laughs> about my feet. Everyone is like, ah! 
<laughs> and yeah, this is the one that Kimmy is the one who let Mr. Bond in to begin with. He goes over to her and says, you again, who are you? And Kimmy says, the next door neighbor. And he turns back to Danny and says, sometimes things work out for the best. Like, yeah, you buy that house. Look who your next door neighbor's going to be. Old smelly feet gibbler. <laughs> and then before he leaves, he looks over his shoulder at Kimmy and says, <laughs> rolling his eyes, the sneakers. <laughs> and DJ says, hey, Kimmy, guess what? We're staying. And she says, all right. And Stephanie goes over, takes both of Kimmy's shoes and says, but your shoes are leaving and chucks them into the backyard. And we just hear the, row, 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 row. <laughs> I guess those dogs were all hanging out in the, uh, in the backyard. <laughs> Stephanie comes back in to the kitchen and says, well, that cleared the yard. So Denise brings Comet in and says, Comet, you live here. And a comment goes over to Michelle. And this is a sweet parting last words as she says, We all live here. Aww. And you know what I think's funny? Looking back on it now, the this final scene, you know, would comment and everything and them saying we all live here. And then season eight, episode one starts with comments excellent adventure. <laughs> but one thing that you know when I mentioned that scene in the trivia that says that the scene with Steve and Joey was cut out of you know the syndication and all that I was thinking you know this is the last episode of season seven that 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 season seven and DJ and Steve were broken up, so it's just a little weird that he's coming by the house. I, well, it's all his own personal gain. He gets a commission, so he probably figures, hey, family's break, you know, Joey's move. Unless Joey reached out to Steve, like, hey, I'm looking for a place. Your mom's a realtor. Can she hook me up? Yeah. <laughs> but it was nice, I mean, that we, I mean, if this was going to be the final episode, you know, that they did get Steve in there, even though he and DJ are no longer a couple at that point. And it's just thinking about, you know, the eight years with the Tanners, and then just getting to see that family evolve, and more life being, new life being brought into the house with the next generation of, you know, Tanners and Fullers and Gibblers, and it's just, ugh. That, I, I said, and I'll say it again for the third time, this would have been a great episode to go out on with the show. And that was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I loved covering this. So, where'd my, oh, there's my phone right there. <laughs> so, as I said, I think, okay, I got it down. Remember how I said Teddy is going to get the best outfit of the episode award with his 90s blue zigzag pattern shirt? Still, best episode of the episode. Best outfit of the episode. Worst outfit. I I got to go with Michelle's butter, blue butterfly shirt. It's like a blue shirt with multicolored butterfly. It's just, uh, and the blue, big, giant scrunchies in Michelle's. Whenever she's got... 
her hair in a ponytail or side pony or whatever. There are always these giant scrunchies. Giant scrunchies that almost rival Nellie Olson's giant bows. If you're familiar with Little House on the Prairie, Nellie Olson, she'd always wear these humongous bows that look like they're literally swallowing the back of her head. So, yeah. Um, Runner-up, honestly, I think I'm going to give it to... Uh, where's that? Jessie's manila <laughs> folder-colored vest. It was just very... Just, no. Just, mm -mm, no thank you, no thank you. So, I'm looking through season eight, right? I'm like, okay. If I had to choose, let's just say that Michelle Rides Again in parts one and two was not the series finale. Let's just say. If I had to pick an episode from season eight that isn't that, that could have maybe worked as a season, or a series finale, excuse me. Let's see, I think, I'm yawning, I'm sorry, um, I'm gonna go with the season 8 opener, the season premiere, where Comet, like, goes on a, a fun little adventure around San Francisco. I think that would have been a cute way to end the show, instead of... Michelle getting amnesia, you know, falling off her horse and getting amnesia. So, yeah. Um, Tanner Teachable moment. If you're going to have a family meeting, include everybody. And I do mean everybody. I mean, I'm sure Comet, maybe if he could have talked, he might have had some, you know, things to say about, you know, moving and all that stuff. But no, what not anyone ever asked as soon as like all right that's it we're moving didn't ask michelle it's like he was so finally like, all right everyone agrees great we're moving like what whoa 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 wait a sec first of all you a lot of things would have to be like hey check on the housing market see if there's even any houses in your area that are even up for sale and in the price even though the guy was offering twice what the house was worth I mean, where are they going to go up to someone like, hey, your house is in my neighborhood. I want to buy it. Here's, like, twice what it's worth. You'd be pulling, I mean, as long as that way they could stay in the same school district. Because, you know, DJ's going into her senior year. Stephanie already had to do that whole redistricting stuff when she uh, started junior high. And it's just, it's just, it's, it just sounds like a giant headache that just, mm. But I'm just happy that Fuller House happened. And I need to stop yawning because it's 3 in the afternoon. Why am I <laughs> yawning? I don't know. Yeah, so simple enough. Tanner Teachable moment. Just if you're having a family meeting, especially something as that is as big as that, you are going to want to make sure you got everyone's opinion. That is a big deal. You don't just at the end of the meeting, like, all right, all right, we're moving, we're moving. No, 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 no. I mean, even if everyone's on board, there are so many things you got to check out first before you just jump the gun and just say, we're moving. When we decided to move out of state, that was a big thing that took a bit to plan. We had already had an idea of what we wanted to do, and then it's just a matter of finalizing details and checking stuff out 
So that way when the time comes, we can say, okay, we've done everything that we need to do. It looks like we're free and clear to actually make this big leap and actually move out of state. So, yeah. Just like that house, um, when the teaser trailer for Fuller House Season 1, if you remember, it was that Miranda Lambert song called The House That Built Me. That song utterly destroys me. And I'm going to read the lyrics because this, oh my gosh, this song is so beautiful. For anyone that's ever moved from their childhood home and started anew. I know they say you can't go home again. I just had to come back one last time. Ma'am, I know you don't know me from Adam, but these handprints on the front steps are mine. Up those stairs in that little back bedroom is where I did my homework and I learned to play guitar. I bet you didn't know under that live oak, my favorite dog is buried in the yard. I thought if I could touch this place or feel it, this brokenness inside me might start healing. Out there, it's like I'm someone else. I thought that maybe I could find myself. If I could just come in, I swear I'll leave. Won't take nothing but a memory from the house that built me. Mama cut out these pictures of houses for years from Better Homes and Gardens magazine. Plans were drawn in concrete poured and nail by nail and board by board. Daddy gave life to Mama's dream. I thought if I... Mm, here we go then. Getting choked up. I thought if I could touch this place or feel it, this brokenness inside me might start healing. Out here it feels like I'm someone else. I thought that maybe I could find myself. If I could just come in, I swear I'll leave. Won't take nothing but a memory from the house that built home, built me. You leave home, you move on, and you do the best you can. I got lost in this whole world and forgot who I am. And then again with the chorus. I thought if I could touch this place or feel it, this brokenness inside me might start healing. Out there, like I'm someone else, I thought maybe I could find myself. If I could walk around, I swear I'll leave. Won't take nothing but a memory. From the house that built me my sister and i when our father passed away we were given the opportunity to you know put his house up for sale this is the house that we both grew up in we moved into the house when i was four years old my sister would have been probably nine or ten she's six years older than me it's the only house i knew my whole childhood Teenage years, early adult years, were formed in that house. And the idea, I mean, there's no way I would, Jeremy and I were not going to move into our, my childhood home. There was just no. He had his plans. He wanted to move to Texas. And I supported him and I followed him because he's my husband and I love him. I just, the idea of someone living in that house other than me or just the idea of you know but then again I guess that's how it goes when you sell your childhood home you know someone else is going to take over they're going to make their own memories and stuff like that but Nicole my sister was not ready to give the house up either deep down in her heart I know she said I'm not ready to let it go and I I agree with her it's like I'm not either so she moved into the house. She's slowly breathing new life into it, changing things, making things great, and how she wants to, you know, updating stuff and all that. 
and everything. And it's just seeing a new generation of kids in that house. It's like that house is finally being, you know, breathing new life into the house. Other kids making new memories. It's just, it's amazing. It's like this house is getting a second chance at life again. So, yeah. It's hard to let our childhood homes go sometimes, but just know that those memories you have are always going to be in your heart. The interior of the house might change a little bit. Over time, you know, things might change with the house. Those memories are always going to be there. I mean, my grandparents' house, they moved into uh, an apartment and my aunt and uncle, one of my aunt and uncles moved in there. The house really, you could not even be able to tell what that house used to look like unless you're watching home movies, which I have of, of Christmases from like 92 and 1996. You can remember, you'd be able to see what the house looks because it doesn't look anything like that anymore. But um, yeah, just treasure those memories you have and everything, you know. Danny's right, a house is just not a walls and a ceiling there's more to it than that sorry to kind of set up the scene here the Seaver kids can you really call them kids anymore because both Mike and Carol are like 20 and 21 years old <laughs> and Ben's like 15 16 years old the only kid really if you think about it is Chrissy because she's like six but they're all sitting there in the living room because there's going to be a Seaver family summit, which I guess is like a family meeting. And this is Chrissy's first. She's like, what's a Seaver summit anyway? And Mike says, well, it's a really big, important meeting. And Ben says, yeah, the last one we had was to tell us that you were going to be born, Chrissy. And honestly, I mean... Maggie does kind of throw on the idea of we have some news to tell you. And everyone's got their own idea of, like, what this news could be. Chrissy, of course, thinks they're getting a dog. <laughs> and the other two are really, like, uh, pretty far-fetched as well. And Maggie just outright says, we're moving. And the family... The kid, wait, what, wait, what now? Because Mike lives above the garage in a garage apartment. You thought the attic apartment of the fuller of the full house was cray. Think of a apartment above a garage, basically. So yeah, because if the Savers move, Mike's gonna have to find an actual apartment. Carol actually, the uh, oldest daughter of the Savers is in college. He goes to Columbia University. So, I mean, I don't know how, but, uh, mainly the only ones that would be moving if they would, if they are moving, which they do move to DC, spoiler alert, because in, in Growing Pains, the movie and Return of the Seavers, they're living in Washington, DC, where I guess, uh, Maggie's going to possibly be taking a job working for the senator or something, government job or something like that. The only ones that would be moving to D.C. would be Maggie, Jason, and then the kids, Ben and Chrissy.
Not everyone takes the news so well. What is the Seaver Summit anyway? Well, it's a, it's a super-duper important family meeting. Presumably important enough to make us miss Crossfire with Pat Cannon and Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> so important that we've only had two in my lifetime. The last one was to tell us you were going to be born. Yeah, and the other one was when you got caught singing I'm looking under a two-legged wonder during nap time. <laughs> this better be good. Oh, it is. It, at least we, we hope you all think it is. Oh my god, you're gonna have another baby. No. But uh, your mom does have some exciting news she'd like to share with you. We're finally getting a dog? No. We're moving. For what? No way. No kidding. No dog? She just drops them like it's final. That is, if you all. Maggie, why don't you just back up and start at page one? You really shouldn't have started with we're moving. You all know that I've been doing a series of interviews with Senator Howard. Isn't he that guy who wore pearls on Nightline? <laughs> Senator Howard is a woman. Get out of town. And yesterday she offered me a job as executive director of media relations. Oh, oh fantastic, Mom. If I take the job, that means moving the family to Washington, D.C. Oh. Too bad. Sounded like a great gig. Well, I'm off to Stinky's. <laughs> Seaver Summit is far from over. She's your woman, Dad. You straighten her out. <laughs> oh. Sit or pay rent. I don't understand what's going on here. Well, honey, Mommy is thinking about getting a new job. You're not going to be my Mommy anymore? <gasps> oh, no, sweetheart. I will always be your Mommy. But we are thinking about moving to a wonderful place called Washington, D.C. <laughs> Murder capital of the USA? <laughs> That's what I heard on hard copy. Yeah, don't let her watch that show. Well, obviously, we have a lot of questions <laughs> to ask, a lot of things to talk about over the next couple of days. Oh, boy. It means a lot more boring chit-chat until Mom finally comes to her senses. Mike. Mike, I really don't appreciate your cavalier attitude towards Mom's career. Yeah, well, that's the difference between you and me. Yeah, I know what cavalier means. <laughs> So, yep, now Maggie has finally made her decision. She's going to let the family know what her decision is. Will she take the job in D.C. or won't she? She clearly does. Like I said, one of the two standalone movies that came out after the series was over. Hey, everyone. I've made my decision. I'm taking the job in Washington. You are? Yeah. And I'm getting a car. You are? <laughs> We'll pretend that this is an elegant banquet with a make-believe table, make-believe chairs, make-believe food. Where are those guys? It's about time. Hey, hey pizza guy. Yeah, I'm starving. Oh, food! I can't believe we're actually leaving. I know. Can you believe that this is the last meal we'll ever have in this house? That's right. Sharing stale pizza, smelling Ben. This house has survived four Seaver children. Oh, remember, this is the house my babies grew up in. Well, they sure were cute as little kids. <laughs> and then they grew up. 
it was. Everybody looking at me. Because you're the only guy we've ever heard of who could pull off scams in two cities at the same time. They remember the time that you snuck off to California? You left Ben and Carol to cover for you? Hey, look, I'm not the only con artist in this house. How about Ben here? He's starting to uh, reunite it. Uh, <laughs> Let's not forget about Carol. Me? I have never pulled a scam in my life. Oh, well, what about the time you tried to fool that recruiter from Boston College? <laughs> <laughs> you might have dragged in some bum off the street to play me in a challenging game. <laughs> okay, all right, so one little scam, no one got hurt. But that is nothing compared to the Goofy Glue incident. Goofy <laughs> Glue incident? Mm. Oh, yeah, did anyone ever tell you about that one? No. Oh, boy, well, it started when Carol broke that lamp that Oh, was yeah. Ready. The genius here thought that he could glue it back together. What about the time you threw that tantrum because you thought we were all playing around after you went to bed? Uh -huh. Yeah. Can I help it if I've got a healthy imagination? Oh, no. Well, I don't mean to break up the fun, but uh, we've got a long drive to Washington. Guess we better hit the road. Yeah, I gotta go break in my new landlord. Dwight's driving in my dorm. Can't we stay and see what the new people look like? <laughs> I'd rather not know. Me either. Oh, come on, we better get moving. Did you just forget that picture? Oh, it says Mike Seaver was here in the brick above the fireplace. I want to play a couple scenes from the final episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. This is, I'm trying to honestly remember if I did actually watch the series finale episode of The Fresh Prince, and I, I just, I can't remember. I honestly can't remember. I know I watched some of the episodes, but I don't know if I was a frequent, like, Every, I think it's just one of those things, like, sometimes, like, if you're flipping through the channels and it just happens to be on, you watch it. So it looks like, just like with the Seaver family, the Banks family also just drops the bomb of, we're selling the house. Just like with the Growing Pains series finale, it is a two-parter, but I'm just pretty much playing like the ending scene and just them dropping the bomb oh we're selling the house because I guess there's a lot of changes everyone's kind of starting to go their separate ways Jeffrey I believe is moving back to London to be with his son in light of all the changes afoot your mother and I have decided to change to we're going to sell the house 
play this little scene here real quick because since I am doing the different strokes to move the world podcast, and I know what you're saying, you're probably like, well, you haven't done an episode since sometime in like mid 2021. I know, I know, and I apologize. I actually do want to get, there is a Christmas episode of Different Strokes. I want to, I'm going to do this month. I think it's from like season five or six. But uh, yeah, I definitely, but I just thought because they make an appearance. And it's funny because before when I probably, you know, saw the series finale, I didn't really know much about, you know, the Drummond family. But, you know, 2019, I watched the entire eight seasons of Different Strokes. And that's why when I decided to want to do a podcast on it, I'm like, I'm not doing every single episode of the show because there are a, a handful of dud episodes that I just could not muster myself to get through in the first run. But anyway, yeah, I want to. So the Banks family are selling their house in California, which is interesting because the Drummonds, or at least they did in the 70s and 80s, lived in New York, so I don't know what they're doing in California, but apparently they, you, and you also see, um, the Jefferson family apparently looking at the house, but I'm going to play the one with, uh, Philip Drummond and Arnold, and yes, Arnold does his classic catchphrase, what you talking about? He doesn't say Willis, he says Will. Gosh, I wish we could have known what had happened to, um, like, what's going on with Willis? Give us an update. I know it was just like a, a one and done kind of cameo coming and say a couple lines and leave, but what's going on with Willis? <laughs> this looks like a great place, Arnold. Okay, you did mention Willis. Uh, yeah, that is, if he wouldn't mind living over a haunted Indian burial ground. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> hey, I'm Will Smith. I'm the realtor. At night, you hear the wailing of the dead. <laughs> what you talking about, Will? <laughs> I think he's oversteady a little bit, Arnold. You're probably right, Dad. Let's check out this fly pad. I can get used to living in a lap of luxury. You know, Arnold, those things were a lot funnier when you were a little child. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, Dad, uh, your little stories were a lot more interesting back then, too. Ooh, dig. Hey, let's check out the wet bar. Oh, oh wait, wait, oh, we don't have one. Let's check out the house down the street. Thanks, <laughs> anyway. played this oh my i'm starting to get choked up um again yes i get choked up very easily with these scenes on uh these shows turns out with everyone getting ready to move and go their separate ways will admits that he do actually does not have an apartment he does not have a place to live and he just does not want to look you know bad in his uncle phil's eyes he does not want him to think like, oh, my nephew's still living in my pool house all these years later and everything. It's like, no, your uncle cares about you. You've lived in the house for over six years. He is not going to let you just not have a place to live. Sorry, right, see. Um, I don't have an apartment. 
and I never had one. Would you excuse us for a minute, please? What the hell is going on? Look, um, Uncle Phil, this, this is not really your concern. You know, it's about me. It's not about you. So don't even worry about it, all right? How can you say that? We are leaving town in a day, and you don't have a place to live. Why did you lie? I mean, we're, we're sitting around the table, and every, everybody talking about all these great <laughs> lives and these new things they're doing. You know, and I didn't want you to say, hey, there's my nephew. Yeah, he's still living in my pool house. <laughs> I mean, I didn't want you to think that all these years that I've been out here just ain't worth nothing. You know, that you've just been wasting your time with me. Look, Uncle Phil, I just, I just don't want you to think that I'm that same stupid kid I was when I first moved out here. How could you possibly believe that that's what I'd be thinking? Look at you. You're moving out on your own. You're going to finish college in a year. You're becoming a man. Man, I'm damn proud. I just don't want your last memory of me to be no better than the first one. You have no idea what my first memory of you is. I remember a kid loaded with all the potential in the world. Now I see a person on the verge of realizing that All right, we see the movers moving some boxes. Everyone here now is going to be saying their final goodbye. The house is like completely, this living room is just, there's nothing there but an area rug. And it looks like uh, Ashley, the youngest bank's daughter, is using her video camera to film the empty house. Just one last final memory. Creepy. Uh, maybe you kids should take another look around before the car comes. Ah, right, good times in this house, huh? Lifetime's worth. You okay? Yeah, yeah, no, no, uncle, uncle, uncle Phil. You know, it's just when I first came out here, you know. I was a relative. Been here for the past six years, like we we've been family. I just don't want to go back to being just a relative again. I mean, I live without a father and without brothers and sisters and all of that. I like this life better. I want you to call me on Sundays too. You know, when you're calling all your other kids. <laughs> I love you, Uncle Phil, and I, I just don't want to lose you, you know, any of you. You're not going to lose us. You are my son. End of story. You just better be sure that your butt is by a phone on Sunday. You got it. The car to the airport has arrived. 
Nikki, did you remember to go to the bathroom? Of course. Carlton, did you remember to go to the bathroom? Of course. <laughs> I'll be right back. Oh, God. <laughs> well, Jeffrey, this is it. You are officially off duty. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Standing in an empty living room with just an area rug. Oh. Turns off the light. Hey, who turned off the lights? Oh, God! Carlton, they left him behind. <laughs> you see. <laughs> 
All right. Yeah, I know the, these clips were a little bit long. I just, and I know this episode is not the series finale of Full House, but I just wanted to show two examples of shows that ended with families actually moving out of the house. So, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Again, I hope you enjoyed the, I hope you enjoyed the clips. And I will be back on the 24th of December with Moving Day, Season 1, Episode 2 of Fuller House. Again, just want to remind you, if you want to send an email to the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. You also can leave a review for the podcast on iTunes. Just search Full House or Fuller House Podcast. The Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas podcast will show up. Click on it, scroll down to where it says leave a review, and leave a review. All five-star reviews get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. You can even use emojis. And also, if you haven't yet, follow along with the Facebook page. On my land, only Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. Because, as you know, I don't do episodes in chronological order. I do them in themes and by characters. So, that way you're all prepared. Because I got fun stuff coming up in the next in the new year. January is going to be all about Jesse and the girls. February is going to be about uh, dating disasters. <laughs> yeah. And then March and April are kind of... I'm really deciding what to do there because I really want to finally... I've been talking about it since I've been doing this podcast for over two years now. It's gonna. This podcast is going to turn three in April of 2022. So, I I kind of want to cover the serious episodes, the four serious episodes. I'm thinking I'm going to hit that in March. I, I think that's when I'm going to do that. Then also I have the almost breakup double feature with Designing Mothers, where Danny and Vicky almost break up. And then, of course, before that is going to be the How to Break Up and... 22 minutes, I believe. <laughs> so, in that episode. So, I'll probably, I might do that in April. We'll see. We'll see about doing that double feature. So, also, cast members have birthdays coming up. Jody Sweden, I'm going to be covering Is It True About Stephanie? Kind of celebrating not just Jody Sweden's birthday, but with Marla Sokoloff, who plays Gia. Her birthday is this month. So, it's kind of a, a Double birthday episode celebration with Is It True About Stephanie? Because G and Stephanie, if you don't know, at the end of that episode, start a friendship. They they become friends. So, yeah. And then, of course, February is Sonny Bringus, who plays Ramona Gibbler on Fuller House. It's her birthday. I'm still going through the uh, catalog of episodes for Fuller House to decide which Ramona-centered episode I'm going to do. I might do, I think it's like My Little Hickey, where she gets a hickey from Popco. But we'll see. I think there are other episodes I could even focus on, too, that are Ramona-based. So, all right, everyone. Have a great rest of December, and I'll, like I said, I'll be back on Christmas Eve with Fuller House Season 1, Episode 2, Moving Day. Bye-bye, everyone.